You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Troy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 356. I'm your host, Jukie Mick. Alongside with me, he brings you awesome every single week. I yield to no one. Boy, I've got, like, a... Not, not, nah, what's the word I'm looking for? I've got a question. I was going to put, like, a really important word in front of it. But I want the true essence of the meaning of this question that I'm going to ask. But it ties in with a topic, so I'll ask it at that point. He's the master of the dual screens. He's Mr. Stephen Fontana. And I, just like everybody else, have no idea what Yield is talking about. Oh, I know what he's talking about, but <laughs> it's, it, it's to the listeners, you don't know. Uh, Yield? Yes. Um, I, I know I announce you every single week and say you bring the awesome every week. Yeah. I'm going to steal your thunder this week because I brought the awesome this week. Oh, yeah? Oh, and, my. And, and what would that, how would that be? Well, on top of getting not one, not two, not three, but four Platinums this week. Wow. Somebody went whoring. Can, uh, can I say I called it in the group? Just saying. Well, well I, I think I pretty much confirmed it when I put the memes in there. <laughs> um, but I did something really awesome in real life, and I'm getting a lot of praise for it, and I'm you guys know me well enough that in my real life that I'm I'm a very humble person, but I, I do like to brag a little bit. Just a little. Yes. Um this past weekend, um I was heading into into my job to catch up on uh, a few things I had to take care of. Uh a little off the clock work, but you know, priority stuff that had to be done. Um, on my way into work, and Stephen being from New York City, he could back this up. I was driving along a major highway called the BQE, which is uh the 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 Brooklyn Queens Expressway, the living nightmare. Okay, um, and I got to a certain section, and Stephen know what I'm talking about. Uh, listeners from New York City, you may not, you may know what I'm talking about. Everybody else, you know, just, I'll try to picture as best I can. There's a long stretch of highway where there's an HOV lane that's only open. Certain times of the day, and most times it's closed. Uh, and that's he- heading into the city. While I was heading to the city to go to work, traffic was moving a little slow, and I couldn't figure out why. I finally got to a point where I was able to go around the car and be able to go up to full speed. But as I went up to full speed, I went into the middle lane, started going up to full speed, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and I see this object little tiny thing on the highway. Don't know what it is. But I know that the car that's directly behind it is moving very, very, very slow. All of a sudden, I noticed the car door, the driver's side door open on that car. And I happen to notice it's a little cat that's running down a major highway. So I get out of my car along with the goddess and we go and we pick it up and we put it in the car. And long story short, I now have a 
six-week-old kitten in my house. <laughs> <laughs> they're cute. They're cute until they get older. Now, this is the 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 fascinating part about this. I hate to think somebody threw it out on the highway. So I'm I'm choosing to believe that somehow it made its way up on the highway and was walking down the HOV lane and just happened to walk, go under the Jersey Wall into traffic because there's no exits, no entrance anywhere near it. You know what I bet happened? I bet it was sleeping in a wheel well or like up in, in, the, in the undercarriage of a, of a vehicle and then because the traffic... The traffic's always slow. I bet it. There was some standstill traffic, and the thing jumped off. I bet. I bet that's what happened. And that could be well, too. You know, I didn't consider the possibilities, but the remarkable thing is, I brought it to the vet, got it checked out. No worms, no injuries, perfectly healthy. Oh, that's there even better. So, and my sixty-five pound pit bull. <laughs> uh, I guess her maternal instincts have taken over, and these two have become best friends. Aww. Oh, well, that's even better. Sometimes you got to worry about if it's going to tear it apart. Yeah. Dude, my my pit bull, I mean, I'm sure you guys uh seen the pictures. She's a big, lovable beast. She's actually sitting between my legs now looking at me like, Daddy, why aren't you petting me? But two of them are best friends. Anytime I take the kitten out of... Because right now I'm keeping the kitten in the tub. Um, because I'm trying to get it to learn to use the litter box. Oh, okay. So I take it out every so often. Let it, you know, let her run around. By the way, I named her Lucky. By the way, I I, I totally get that name. Apropos, <laughs> um, but I let her play around. But anytime the the kitten's in the tub, uh, my pit bull is sitting right by the tub, nose over, staring at it, and will not leave it alone. Yeah, to I mean that's that's an awesome story. It's this this evening I was uh, barbecuing in my parents' yard. And I just heard something going on underneath the deck, and I was like, ah, crap, here we go. So (laughs) there's always been cats in my parents' yard. And so I go back there, and these two, I would say about eight-week-old kittens, black kittens, are just sitting under there playing, you know, having a ball. I'm like, damn it, here we go. So I I threw that up on Facebook earlier to see if anybody around here was looking for cats. But um, related to the whole pit bull thing, Lane and I, uh, years ago, Lane um, being your wife, by the my way, my wife, so yes. says no. Um, when we first got our first apartment, like in 2011 or so, we decided we were going to get a dog. Now, at this point, we already had two cats, so we were like, "This dog has to be like perfect in every way, otherwise, we can't have the dog." So we go to the shelter and we find this about two-year-old um german shepherd pitbull mix okay Ooh, that's yeah. a beautiful mix it was gorgeous she was beautiful her name was zoe she was super super friendly totally non-aggressive like played with the kids and we like we took her on like a bunch of walks when we were there so we we're like you know what fuck it let's do it let's just bring her home and see what happens the problem was she had a super super predatory instinct so if she saw a squirrel, she would bolt towards the squirrel. And what wound up happening was anytime my cats made any sudden movements, she would dart towards the cats. And I know that if I wasn't holding this dog by the collar, the, the cats would have been in pieces all over my living room. Um, 
I mean, she may have surprised me, but, you know, she may have just, like, went over there and, like, played with them, but it was pretty aggressive. Um, so we wound up giving her to a family in New Jersey who uh, absolutely loves the dog and we keep in touch and all that stuff. She's a fantastic dog. And now she's got a uh, sister dog that they adopted and she's super happy. But yeah, if anybody's ever going to adopt an animal, adopt from shelter, um, 100%. And that's my dog story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, when I, my, my biggest worry was that... Uh... You know, and anybody that has pets knows this. And thank you for turning into pet whores. Uh, <laughs> uh, when when you get two pets that weren't around each other from birth or you know whatnot, it's it like my pit bull. One of the things I worry about is the fact that if the kitten gets too much attention, the pit bull will attack the kitten out of jealousy, and that's always a fear of mine now. So, if anybody gets pets. Make sure you, you know, introduce them slowly. Because if you give one more attention than the other one, the other one can be jealous and then, you know, lash out. Alright, so now that we're done with Pet Hour, Stephen, thank you for your dog story. Indeed. Thank you for uh, your you, cat story. Uh, listen, I... it, I, I want to take... <laughs> I want to say that, like, it's something I would normally do, and in reality, it probably is something I would normally do. Getting out on the BQE was never a part of plan of my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> Stephen, you know how crazy that can be. It's a, it, it is honestly a nightmare. Die. <laughs> uh, yield uh, is I ninety five anywhere near you? No. Okay. Do you have you ever driven on I ninety five? No, but I've heard of it. Okay. Uh, just think of you know you walking on I ninety five. That's basically what I did on the BQE. Just it's a little crazy. Just out for a Sunday stroll. What's up? Peace. <laughs> uh, Alright, so let's do our updated trophy counts. I am level 36, total trophies of 9,271 with 97 Platinums. Woo! I gotten four this week. Alex is level 30, total trophies of 6,647 with 98 Platinums in 97 games. I guess that means we're tied now. Ooh. Yield, what are you, sir? I am a newly minted level 27. Yes, I saw that. With a trophy count of 5369 and a <laughs> platinum count of 83. Yeah, I remember the long days of you saying you were going to catch me in platinums. It ain't over yet. <laughs> You're falling 14 behind, killer. That's all There's right. a lot of trash out there, dude. There's a lot of trash out there. Yield could easily cash in. He could, but he has a higher uh, standard and he won't. Uh, I have I have always joked that one of the I I was I was within what six right at one point I I I have always kind of jokingly went if I ever get that close again if I eke away up to six again I could sit there and get like seven games one trophy away and then like knock them all out one day before we record and then be like (laughs) Tricky's like, yeah, he's still seven back. I'll be like, oh no, check the update. Oh, someone's ahead. But that's like that's like a lot of work, and I don't know if I'll ever get like that it's diabolical. But it is well, working. In, it is a working plan. Well, I I, I did put on uh, on tro- uh, on the Tobias Facebook group that uh, Jared and Daryl have lit a fire under my ass because they've been talking shit a lot lately. Um, 
and John Tancredi's not too far behind. Like he he's busting out platinums that he's rated, but I don't count his trophy count because he started on a new account and was and just playing the other the all the old games that he where he got the platinum in. So I don't take that. I I don't take him for take him too seriously. John, Steven. John's fired. I am uh, pushing for the record of consecutive months without gaining a single trophy and being on a podcast called Trophy Horse. I'm level 14. I have 1,855 trophies and five platinums. And uh, yeah, it's been all Nintendo Switch all the time for me lately. So got to get back to my PlayStation. I know, JT. I know you don't need to send me 400 thumbs up. Nah, I, 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 I've seen a little bit of the JT. JT can get a little, uh, what's the word I want to use? Preachy. Aggre- aggressive? Nah, it's never aggression. I never take it like that. JT, I love you. I don't, I don't, I don't take it personally. He just want. he's rooting for me. That's what it is. He <laughs> wants me to be a trophy whore. He wants me to deserve to be on this show. <laughs> he, he wants you to live up to Sid's standards because Sid is level 33, total trophies of 7,407. With a whopping 122 platinums. Jeez. All right, so let's get into what we're playing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys judge me here. Fail. Oh, here we go. Okay, I I got four platinums this week. Okay. Do we want to go in uh, order of suckiest to suck? Well, or... okay. One, I found out that. Uh, <laughs> I, I found out by accident, and legit by accident, that Little Prairie on the House, or whatever the hell the name of that game is. <laughs> little Prairie it, on the House. I, I, little Laura Ingalls going to come out. Little Your mission, on the should prairie, you choose to whatever, accept it. Whatever, whatever that bullshit game was, I found out that it had a, sef- a, a separate trophy list for the Vita. <laughs> so, of course, I went and got that. Of course. Um, then Nothing I finally wrong got with my it. Full- you played the game again. You earned the trophies. Um, then I got my Fallout Shelter Platinum. I did see that, bravo. I told you it was just a matter of time. Yeah, and it was a, I, it was a random uh, sending somebody out, and they came back, and that's how I got it. I didn't even know it was going to pop. See? Th- th- those uh, are the best ones. And then, <clears throat> this is where you guys are going to judge me. Okay, here we go. Hannah Montana 2. No, Jared passed me in Platinums. No, excuse me. He passed me. I got the full shelter one. We tied. Then he came posted the next day that he got two Platinums in uh, Devious Dungeon, which is a port of an iOS game. Okay. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? He got it that quick. I can get it that quick. I'm just going to start playing these games. I'll bang out both Platinums, which I did. What I... Now, I... Intended to go in, horn the shit out of these games. I came out feeling like a man because these games are legit. These are legit games. I like. I went in chumping. I came out a man. Huh. See. Sometimes, so, sometimes we, these are the lessons we have to learn. Tricky. Got to <laughs> learn them the hard way. So for seven ninety nine, you can go on the PSN store get them. You for one purchase, you get both versions. I highly recommend playing these games. These games are legit. They are iOS ports, and you know how iOS ports are generally called chumpy games or shitty, you know, ports and whatnot. This is legit. It's a it's a good game. 
8-bit graphics, uh, platformer, and there's no, n never really a game over screen. You die, you resurrect, and, you know, whatever you collected, you keep, and you just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then the boss battles, not overly hard, but definitely a little challenging to it. Definitely, it, it's estimated, uh, PS3Trophies.org says it's going to take you between one and five hours to get it. I think it took me closer to six, but I didn't play, you know, nonstop, so. Yeah, uh, that's that's still not bad. Yeah, it's uh, the great games. Like I said, seven ninety nine get both versions. Highly recommend playing these games. Nice. Um. So, Steven, you've been playing your Switch. I have, but I have been playing a game that has been on Vita and PS Four, but was uh is going to be released on Switch on Tuesday. Uh, so it's gonna that would be what the day before this this podcast comes out. So it is currently out listener on the switch now but you could also get it on ps4 and vita if you'd like and that's cosmic star heroine um it's a japanese rpg uh from the era of the um sega saturn days well they um, they, they also kind of made it uh kind of sound like it was in the vein of chrono trigger yeah it's like a chrono trigger fantasy star like esque uh sci-fi jrpg the the most interesting thing about the combat, uh, I know JRPGs aren't necessarily most interesting when it comes to combat, but this one does a has a unique battle system where you have you can exhaust your attacks and you have to defend in order to recharge your attacks. So it adds a little layer of of strategy. Like, do I want to use this attack right now? Do I want to save up so I can do two attacks? At, you know, on my next turn. You know, like that kind of stuff. Um, the characters and writing is really good um i'm not necessarily a fan of the story just yet um but that's not really stopping me from just plugging away and pushing forward um but yeah they, we actually had the development team at zeboid games it's a two-man team uh we had them on nintendo dual screens two weeks ago so if you want to check that out uh go to proven gamer click on nintendo dual screens and look for the episode i believe it's episode 58 or you could find it on iHeartRadio or Spotify. Oh, anywhere where podcasts are found. Yes. Yes, indeed. indeed. All right, Yield. So, uh, been playing a little bit of Laura Croft in the Temple of Osiris. It's a good game. It is. I, I didn't realize when I, when I jumped back into it, I was playing a couple weeks ago. I was playing one night, half tired. Didn't want to get in, into any game, really an involved game. And I'm like, I'll, I'll jump back into Laura Croft didn't realize how close I was to the end. Otherwise, I'd have gotten back into it sooner. So now the only trophy I'm missing to 100% it is to just go back and beat all the challenges within every tomb. So a little grindy, but I was able to get them all in uh, the Guardian of Light. So I think I can get it. I've also, the challenges are like specific ways of beating the level. Is that how that works? Yeah, you, like, you beat it in X amount of minutes. Uh, yeah. don't, don't get hit by this, find all of these. It kind of varies to tomb to tomb, but they're kind of basically all the same rinse, repeat, some double up, you know? So, um, I've been playing Knack 2, beat the story. Now I just got to kind of go back through and kind of just punch list the trophy list. Are you going to get that platinum? Oh yeah. This is a lot easier than Knack 1. Really? Oh yeah. Cause Knack 1. 
you had to. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. Well, no, you you had to play through it to unlock the next level. To play through it to unlock the next one, you had to get all the crystal knacks, and the diamond knack was the hardest one to get. So you kind of had to. You either relied on luck to get it. You relied on the fact that one of your friends on their last playthrough found a lot of diamonds and you could pick it off of them or some of the method that was an aspect of that game. Some of the method I went to, which they said on playstationtrophies.org was several of the levels have a treasure chest within the first couple of minutes. So you start that level or when you start that level on your playthrough, you go into that chest, you pop it open. If a diamond doesn't appear, you quit the game. You don't back out of the screen you're at. You just quit the game. It doesn't save it. It closes the chest. You go back into that level and you do it again. You keep doing that until a diamond pops and then you keep on going with the level. Which sometimes it took me an hour. Because it's to- it's totally random what, what they assign in the chests. And the diamonds are the absolute rarest. On this version, there's only four relic or four... Uh, uh, well, I forgot to say, not relics, but gems, re- uh, stones to find. And by the time that I had found all 100 chests, I had all my gadgets and all my gemstones. So there you it, go. It, it, it wasn't so, it was random to what you found in each chest, but by the time you got done finding all of them, you had everything that you needed. It wasn't a, oh, nope, now you got to play the game again. And hope that it pops up in that playthrough. So gotcha. So now all I'm doing is kind of there's you need like 70 medals, which within each level they have spe- special missions they call them to do. You know, beat it so you know, run through the level in three minutes. Don't take a hit. Destroy people with this move. Just stuff like that. You get a medal. You get 70 of them. There's there's that trophy, and then there's a couple of other odd and end punch list ones to do. So, and I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the story this time around more than I did the first one. I enjoyed the Nat games. Everybody craps on them, but they're a platformer. So if you if you're not a fan of platformers, then you're not going to like this game. I enjoyed Nat. I just didn't like the pacing. Was very was I, really off. I I, I can get yeah, that. I, I I say the same thing. And 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 I I honestly think that's because of of probably the 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 Japanese writing for Western because mm-hmm. there are parts of that too that it just seems to be flowing really good and then all of a sudden someone seems just like really ticked off at this one exact moment and then the next moment they're all cool and it's like mm-hmm. that doesn't flow together really well and I'm like well that just must be a re, you know translation translation, translation. yeah I just so I just chalk it up to that um been playing some everybody's golf, and I uh, picked up a little game just because it looked cool. Started it out it was called Spin Tires Mud Runner. What? Never heard of it. It's it's basically it was a computer game, and they brought it over to the four. It's well, I think it brought it over to Xbox as well. But it's kind of like it's like an off road simulation where you take different off road vehicles. You're driving through like mud and muck, and you can turn four wheel on and off and did you have any desire to try out the new No Man's Sky update? 
I haven't gotten to that. Dude, I have got a backlog that you wouldn't believe, and it is on there, and it's eking its way to the top. I'm trying to get there before Red Dead comes out. You only got two more months there, Killer. I know, right? I'm trying to work on it. All right, let's get into our news. Uh, we 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 got some pass-through topics, uh, stuff that I, I think is worth mentioning. Uh, the first thing is uh, Sony is celebrating a milestone with their 500 million PlayStation being sold. And to celebrate, they are releasing a very limited edition PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, announced on the PlayStation blog, this limited edition console arrives just uh, arrives just as over 525.3 million PlayStation consoles are sold worldwide. As a thank you to the fans, they will be producing a limited edition PS4 Pro. This, this Pro features a, quote, translucent dark blue console shell and a matching DualShock 4 wireless controller, PlayStation camera, vertical stand, and a mono headset. And the PlayStation 4 Pro packs itself, for the first time ever, a 2-terabyte hard drive. Ooh. Each system will have a copper plate on the front with the serial number etched onto it, as in what, which one of the, uh, I think it's 50,000 that are being made? Yep. Ooh, those are going to be worth some money. Um, if anybody's interested, they will also be selling the DualShock 4 uh, separate for $65. And they will also be launching a 500 million limited edition gold wireless headset for $100. Um, the limited edition 500 million PlayStation Pro will be available on websites on August 24th, 2018. For five hundred dollars, those will sell out in a minute. Yeah, I have now. a I have a problem with this. Oh, okay. What's your problem? My problem is that if it's something to celebrate the PlayStation fans and the PlayStation brand, I really think they should do this as like a lottery. Like, have everybody go to PlayStation blog and PlayStation dot com, and everybody that has a PSN account, whatever, you know, that's that has a certain history or whatever, you know, so that you can't just, it has to be a primary account. It has to be activated as a primary account on a PlayStation. And then just have everybody enter. Just everybody gets an entry and then 50,000 people get picked at random and, and they can offer, Hey, all right, you won. Do you want to buy it? And they could say, no, I do not. And then it'll go to the next part. You know what I mean? I just, the scalpers are going to get this thing. I know. I like that idea. Right, I, I like the idea too. It it would give it gives people a chance to, you know, feel like they're valued and that they're like. For me, I would love this system. I'm never gonna get this system, not because I don't have five hundred dollars. I I don't, but even if I did, I would not get it because I'm, I wouldn't even try. Like I'm tired of being discouraged with the whole NES Classic, SNES Classic. Oh, you know, th- this, and this, that, and the other thing. I'm just th- th- tired of it. Th- 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 this is a theme, by the way. Oh, and not to derail you, NES and SNES Classics. Guess who did a thing today? Oh, you did a thing, didn't you? This guy, because somebody texted me and said, "Hey, GameStop's got them," and I walked in and they had them. So you got both of them, or just one? Of them? Oh no, I got both of them. Hell yeah! Uh, one other thing with this story that I didn't mention, I passed over. Uh, there will be extra special units that will be produced. Um, the 9,995th one will be a special one. A 1,115 will be a special one. 
and 1013 will be a special one. Do you guys have any idea what those dates are? I believe they are the days that they released PlayStation consoles and virtual reality. You read the article. Uh, nine nine ninety five is the original launch date of the original PlayStation. One uh one one fifteen was the launch date of the PS four, and one uh what would that be? Ten thirteen would be the launch of October thirteenth would be the uh, launch of the PlayStation VR. Uh, my only thing, if if they're not going to do your idea, Stephen. Why make them a limited edition? Why not just sell them? Because you've already got how many millions of systems out there. So if you make right, it, if you make it a limited edition, then you're 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 going to get people to go, "Ooh, there's only so many. I really got to have that, even though I don't really need it." But Stephen's right. Being only so many. The scalpers are going to get it, and then you're going to pay probably triple, quadruple the price. Absolutely. I mean, I, I you're not wrong. I'm just, I mean, to only make fifty thousand when there's five hundred million PlayStations out there, and especially since uh, PlayStation Four just crossed over eighty million, you're only going to release fifty thousand of eighty million. Yeah. I mean, and and that website is going to totally crash when it opens, unless they sit there and go. This region gets this many, this region gets that many, this region gets that many, and kind of divvy it up that way. If you dump it on one website, it's going to crash. Well, they said well, it, they said it's going to be multiple retailers. It's going to be like Amazon, Target, and Walmart, Best and all Buy. that shit. Best Buy. Yeah. Oh, really? They're, They're not, actually going to... Sony's not... Yeah, Sony's not selling them themselves. They're selling it to retailers. Oh, uh, okay. See, I figured since it was something like this, Sony was spearheading that. They weren't going to open it up to the general... I should say general population, but you know what I'm saying. They're oh. not, not going to open it up to the brick-and-mortar stores. They're going to confine it themselves. Well, I'm, I'm sure that you know, I'm sure that if Sony was handled themselves, they probably would have processed an idea like Stevens, which I, 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 I can't argue. That is a good idea. Because well, if, really if you really want to celebrate, you want to try to keep the scalpers out of it. Yeah, give it to the fans. All right. Speaking of the fans, one of the things that uh, we talked about last week when Donnie was here was God of War's new game plus. Well, we now have a release date and some details. Okay. Hit me with them details. It will be available on August 20th as a free patch update. However, in order to access the mode, you will need to complete the story on any difficulty. Well, duh. Well, yeah, that's how you normally unlock new game plus. But continue. (laughs) Uh, with New Game Plus, which can be played on any difficulty, you'll be able to carry over your progress, including abilities, armors, tal- talismans, enchantments, and resources. And players can look forward to battling higher-level enemies, with some even having unspecified, quote, new tricks. There will also be a new rarity level of equipment to craft and upgrade alongside the new Scap Slag resource to collect and use to further upgrade your gear. I'm just hoping they put more trophies in it. That's all I'm saying. No, I wouldn't see why they wouldn't. I mean, Horizon did. Granted, it was only a couple, but they still did. Well, they only added two, which was uh, beat beat it on New Game Plus and beat it on New Game Plus Plus or whatever the hell it was. Well, yeah, something like that, or Ultra Hard or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, beat it on Ultra Hard on New Game Plus. All right. uh, Ready for the weirdest news of the week? Sure. 
<laughs> You're laughing already, Stephen. <laughs> uh, I I know that we personally are not Tekken Seven fans, correct? But this this might actually get me to play the game. Really? Yes. Uh the the charismatic yet sinister Negan is joining the cast of Tekken Seven. So what's he going to do? Whoop people with them? With Lucille. Yeah, with Lucille, that's it. That's his only move. Home run! Nut shot! Uh, other new fighters include series veterans Anna Williams, the personal bodyguard of Kazuo Mishima, and Nina Williams' sister, and Lei Wulong, who will bring his tiger crane, leopard snake, and dragon fighting styles to the ring. Tekken's Season Pass 2 is coming soon. Tekken 7 was released last year for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Um... How do you guys feel about Negan being added to Tekken 7? Now, bear in mind, this is not Negan from the comics. This is Negan based off the TV show. Yeah, at least that's what it was alluded to. Yeah, for sure. So what what do you guys think about Negan being added to Tekken 7? For me, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't care. I, I like crossovers like this. I mean, they're fun. They're, they're not to be taken too seriously i mean the canon in a fighting game is not necessarily the top priority or nor top concern for a lot of the fans of fighting genre but i mean yeah i mean it's definitely going to be weird but tekken's a, I, tekken's I, a good game i heard now i don't remember who said this but i heard that negan actually would have fit better in soul caliber because that's a weapon-based fighter yeah, but there's some some characters use like, well, I guess it's not weapons per se, but it, I mean it's fine. I mean, Soul Calibur. The problem with that is that it's so grounded in a in a fantastical fantasy type land, but Tekken is grounded in more of a reality, like almost kind of like fantasy punk, almost. I mean, you got like luchador wrestlers and biker gang people and martial artists and like. Stuff like that, so I don't know. He fits in. He's he's a he's a real son of a bitch, and he's ready to crack some skulls. Now I'm a season behind on The Walking Dead. I gotta catch up. I am two seasons behind, so there you go. Uh, Yield. What do you think about Negan joining? As long, I mean, I I don't know of the character other than people talking about him. So as long as. I guess they stay true to the character and he doesn't seem out of place. Like I was joking about, you know, well, he's got Lucille. So what's he just going to do? Swing a bat all the time. But yet he can't go around there laying down martial arts moves. If that's not his character in the walking dead, because I don't know to me, then it would be like you just put a martial artist with a Negan costume on. It's, it's got to walk that line of, it's his character, but yet it's got to fit a Tekken game. Otherwise, it's just a a cheap plug for The Walking Dead. I'm, well, I'm, okay, I mean, I'm okay with it. You just can't, like, force-feed me something that you want to force-feed me. Because I'll just be like, no. Well, Tekken 7 is not new to adding uh, characters from outside realms. I mean, they did add Akuma from Street Fighter. They did add Noctis from Final Fantasy. 
And they added somebody else from another series I can't remember off the top of my head. So this isn't like this isn't the first time that Tekken Seven has brought in a character from another universe. No, and, and the characters have different fighting styles. It's not just martial artists. There's grapplers and and kind of like uh, more brawler type characters in there. There's faster. There's slower characters. It's 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 a pretty good technical fighting game. Uh, I'm I'm looking over the the characters to see which which one was the other one. Uh, I can't. the hell was that? You won. Know. You won the prize. You heard that, right? I did. What the hell? Was I, I think that was my dog. What did I? I, mean? I don't. I don't. I can't find the other one. Uh, I know Donnie's probably yelling at his iPod right now. All right, so we're gonna move on from that now. The next topic I put in here, I didn't put in here necessarily because I wanted to talk about the trailer, but I wanted to talk about something that Yield has alluded to. That's Red Dead Redemption 2. They they have officially released the official gameplay trailer. And Yield, I'm going to throw it to you because I know you said you wanted to say something about this. Okay, so due to my procrastination, I was not able to get me a the collector's box from GameStop. So I for Red Dead Two for Red Dead Two. So I did. Okay. I did see you could get it from the Rockstar warehouse. So I'm like, okay, I'll just order it from the man instead of ordering it from the middleman. Mm. So I I just hadn't gotten around to hitting yes on the computer yet. And uh, a, a a gentleman that I follow on Facebook who who by the way was in season one of the Tester. Just throwing that out there. Made made a comment uh, that he was waiting for the release of the gameplay trailer, and that at the end, apparently, that there was going to be the ability to get some of those collector boxes. And before the trailer was over with, and he could hit purchase, they were gone. Which I hadn't put put that together. I mean, I saw that on their website. It said pre-order. Okay, I can still pre-order it from them. Then I went and looked at it, and it says pre-order underneath it, inventory out of stock. So this is my kind of rant or question to you fellas. In this truest essence, what does pre-order mean? <laughs> it's pre-purchase. It's not pre-order. Then it's a reservation. Correct. Yes. So, if you're going to put pre-order on your site, to me, a pre-order is you are judging how much interest is in this product, so therefore you have enough product to give to the people who say, I want it. Yes? So, so it should never be sold out, is your point? Yes, it should never be sold out. If you have a limited quantity, then it's not a pre-order, it's a reservation. It's like going to a ball game and being like, I want to pre-order these seats. Oh, I'm sorry. Somebody else has already purchased them. Well, that's because they reserved them. They didn't pre-order their seats. You see where I'm getting at? They need to change that. It's annoying. We've gotten so used to the fact that pre-order just means reservation, and that's that's not what it means. Well, the pro- the problem is, and I like I, I'm with you. Okay, the problem is is that most times what you get in a collector's edition is not being made by the developer, obviously. Obviously. And it's being made from an outside person. So they have 
to buy a certain amount, and let's say they only buy a thousand or they buy ten thousand, you know, they have to cap it at some point because they can't say, okay, at this point, go make all these things, and so we can match all the re- you know all the pre-orders. So they have to cap it at some point. I I don't disagree with that, but. On something like Red Dead, on, on your bigger games, you could put it out there and, and hey, this is what we're going to do in a collector's edition. And, 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 and get a feel from the public. How many people are wanting to buy it? Okay, 5,000, I'm just throwing a number out there. It's probably way more. 5,000 people want to pre-order it. Okay, so... And, and, it, and it sold out, you know, we did it for three weeks, and it sold out in two. So maybe we'll do, maybe we'll buy 8,000. You know what I'm saying? Because you already got 5,000, or what I say? Yeah, and then what happens with only 6,000 to buy? Now you got 2,000 of these things laying around your warehouse. Well, then eventually you'll just end up discounting them and getting rid of them like everybody else does eventually down the line when there's too many. I'm just saying, Listen, I, but, 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 but now, I get what you're saying. Now the problem is, is they were sold out. They released a little bit more. They were sold out in a matter of, of a, not even a minute. Now if they keep trickling them out, scalpers are going to get them. And people like you and me aren't going to get them unless we just happen to walk into a GameStop that's got it. Yeah, you know, you when, know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's annoying is what it is. When I, uh, I remember one time I, I pre-ordered, I think it was back, way back in the day, I think it was like Kingdom Hearts 2. I pre-ordered Kingdom Hearts 2 from GameStop. And GameStop requires just a $5 down payment, as you know. Um, so when I went to go pick up my pre-order, this is before they used to call you, like when it was in. It was like before they even did that. So right. I went in the store with my with my receipt, and they said, I'm sorry, we took more pre-orders than they gave us supply. Because they don't, they don't. unfortunately, a lot of stores, they don't get to choose how much of a product they actually get, especially when it's a new release. They'll put in an order, they'll say, hey, we have 50 pre-orders, but PlayStation might only send 30 games or Square Enix. Right. So they said, I'm sorry, we, o- we overtook pre-orders and we had to prioritize the people who paid it off first. I was like, well, what's That's the point? Bullshit. I was like, what's the point of a pre-order? You see, here's the thing. It's like that Seinfeld bit. You could take, anyone could take reservations. It's the holding the reservation that's the important part. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're absolutely right, because they, what the, they should have done is the 20 people that pre-ordered after you should have had theirs canceled. Or I've I've had mine on I've had a pre order on Amazon be canceled saying oh well we we were we ran out of stock well then why'd you take my money right for, yeah. for from that point forward I never pre order a video game ever no matter what it, actually I pre ordered on Amazon I pre ordered the Let's Go Pikachu for for the Switch and that's just because I had the money and I know I, I don't know if I'm gonna have the money in November so I was like okay I'll buy it now but you, you know you know what you should do. What's that? This is what I did. Go on Amazon. And this is not a plug because we're sponsored by Amazon. But go through our Amazon link. Uh, Am- Amazon is now selling the game with the Pokeball Plus for a discount. Mm. I got both of them 
for a hundred dollars. It's not bad. It's not bad. But yeah, I, I the only thing I ever I, buy in advance now is a console. Like if they're taking pre orders for consoles. See my 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 problem, uh, and I ran into this with God of War and luckily uh, you bailed me out, is I love collector's editions. I mean, and we'll get into that in a minute because I'm sure you guys are going to rag on me in one of our topics of the week. Um, but I buy everything digitally, so now when I buy a collector's edition, I have a hard copy of the game that I can't do anything with because I bought. I also bought it digitally. Well, that's true. So, I've bought one off of them. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Steven bailed me out with God of War, but I'm wondering when are we going to get to the point where they're going to start selling collector's editions that have digital copies in them. And not hard copies. They do, and people lose lost their fucking minds. They, they what, did. What was it? It was um, what was it? Well, both legacy collections only come with a digital code for the second game, right? On uh, on the at least on the Switch, the legacy collection. Uh, I, oh, I think Mega it was the Man? first one. Yeah, it was the Mega Man Legacy Collection. I think the first one that came with Legacy Collection one and two, but part two was a download code. It wasn't a, a physical cart. And like, people lost their fucking mind. Well, no, like, that I understand. Because you're buying a physical copy of the game. You should not be getting a digital copy. That I get. What I'm saying is, give me the Red Dead Redemption 2 collector's edition that gives me the code. Or let me pre-order it through the Sony website so I get the code from them. I can download the game and then I just wait for the, the rest of the stuff to the arrive collection, in the mail. The collector's edition, or the collector's box to come in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, so if, if Sony and Microsoft really want to push towards a all digital future because we know that's where it's going. Fight it all you want. That's where we're heading. Then they start. They need to start taking those first steps and really pushing people into it. Because as long as you sell a collector's edition, which obviously you want to sell a collector's edition, and you still sell hard copies, you're 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 biting off your nose to spite your face. They really should just sell all the shit separately anyway. Like have a store and stop with the collector's crap. And like, just buy the statues? Yeah, just have a store. Like, oh, it's the God of War store. And you go on there, you can get t-shirts and keychains. And then, like, the limited edition God of War, you know, Kratos ripping somebody's head off statue. I, I still love that uh, Ubisoft, they, uh, we're going to get into this in a second. But Ubisoft, if you go on and want to buy the most expensive collector's edition, it's $800. Yeah. It's insane. All right, so at this time, we're going to throw it across the pond for this week's Sophie's Trophies, and Sid has informed me it's about God of War Chains of Olympus. Take it away, Sid. Hi, Sid. Hey, guys, how are we all? Uh, welcome back to Sophie's Trophies, episode 45. This week, guys, we're going to carry on with the God of War games, and we are going to turn our attention to the PSP games. Um, they came out next in the order of things. The first one, God of War Chains of Olympus, which we'll be covering today, and also uh, Ghost of Sparta, um, which also came out on the PSP. They were released as a collection on the PS3. Um, you know, you had the God of War uh, collection with God of War 1 and 2. Then you had the uh, God of War Collection 2, let's say. I can't remember what they called it, to be honest. Um, and that included this, which is Chains of Olympus, and... Um, uh, Ghost of Sparta for a second there that one evaded me for some reason um, the basic story of this one guys um, it has been many years since I've played it but uh, 
Athena has tasked Kratos to find the god Helios. Um, Morpheus and his wife Persephone are uh, using Helios's disappearance and the other gods' uh, slumber um, to crack open a pillar, the pillar of the world, or something along those lines, guys. I can't quite remember what it's called, but they intend to crack this pillar, which will in turn make Olympus topple. That is the basic story, guys. It is set before God of War 1. Um, this is when uh, Kratos was willingly working for the gods. Okay, so with that out of the way, guys, let's do these trophies. The first one, as always, above and beyond, which is the platinum. Collect all of the trophies. This one is a 6.9 very rare trophy. The second one, fare thee well. Kill Charon or Charon. I can't quite figure out how you say that one. Uh, the ferryman. So kill the ferryman. That is a 51.3% common trophy. Um, it's quite a good boss, that one, guys. He attacks with electrical-type attacks. Um, bear in mind, I will say it again, I haven't played this game for years, so I am using memory for this one. Swing Batter. Cause the Basilisk to retreat. That is a 91.9% .9 common trophy. I do believe that's the first boss in the game, um, and you have to fight it until it runs away. I do think you kill it later, though. Um, Deadbeat Dad. Push away Calliope. That is a 49.9% rare trophy. This happens um, in the... Oh God, I don't even know what area it is, but later on in the game, it's right near the end of the game, and Calliope comes up to you saying, Dad, Dad, and you have to push her away. Um, I can't remember the, the exact reasons, and I think, to be honest, she's a mirage, because I think by this point he had already killed his wife and daughter. I could be wrong with that guy, so please don't hold me to it. Tree Hugger, Sacrifice Powers, 49.9% rare trophy. Um, you have to give your powers to a tree uh, for a reason that I can't quite remember. I'm doing well with this one, aren't I, guys? Hades needs a new wife. Kill Persephone. That is a 47.6% rare trophy. Uh, I do believe she is the last boss in the game. Um, and just do what it says. Kill her. And uh, I believe you finish the game after that point. Atlas in Chains. Chain the Titan Atlas. This is a 48.5% rare trophy. Now, in God of War 2, you actually go down to Atlas and you end up going inside him. Um, but before that, he does have a conversation with Kratos, um, alluding to the events of this game. Now, obviously, this game hadn't been made then, but I think they already planned it all out um, and what Kratos did to Atlas. And it is Atlas's fault, or... Excuse me, guys, it is Kratos' fault that Atlas is holding up the world uh, with those big chains. Back at you. Finish parry puzzle. Uh, that's a 64-point common trophy. Uh, next one, these are, uh, or this one, is a weapon trophy. Merman's Delight, Acquire the Triton Lance. That is a 61.3% common trophy. Uh, it's one of the uh, alternate weapons that you uh, get in the game. Morpheus defeated. Push Flaming Cart to the top. 73.2% common trophy. Um, honestly, guys, like I say, off memory, there is a cart that you have to push up a hill. Much like the uh, uh, sacrifice puzzle in the original God of War, it's that kind of thing. Collateral damage. 
Find Ballista Secret. That is a 16.5% rare trophy. This one is you have to point the ballista at a certain point to destroy a certain area. Um, and you will find the secret in that area. You have to blow up the wall. Okay. Two girls, one Spartan. That's a bit of a, a risque uh, trophy title there, guys. Entertain the Persian Harem. 63.3% uh, common trophy. It is another sex minigame, much like the one in God of War 1. Big Spender. Upgrade any weapon. A 75.8% common trophy, that one, guys. There you go. Simple upgrade a weapon. Man Overboard. Defend the Shores of Attica. 94.3% common trophy. Um, you land on the shores of Attica and you have to kill a load of enemies that arrive. Um, you know, pretty easy, guys. Uh, boom. Kill the Basilisk. So there you go, guys. You do eventually get to kill the Basilisk later on in the game. That is a 76% common trophy. Persian History X. Kill the Persian King, another boss trophy, guys. 86.9% uh, common on that one. Break the Chains of Tartarus. That is a 54.6% common trophy. This one is where Kratos is hung up in the pit of Tartarus. He's uh, hung up against a wall and you have to break free. Bow down, move the Titan Hyperion. That is a 51.9% common trophy, guys. Can't quite remember that one, um, so I will respectfully say, guys, very sorry. I can't actually remember that bit. Almost there, running running across the long chain, 51.7% common trophy. There is a massively long chain that you have to run across. Very easy to do. Um, just go forward. It takes a while as well. It is a big chain. The Power Glove, Acquire Gauntlet of Zeus. 53.2% common trophy. Um, that is another um, alternate weapon for Kratos in this game. I've noticed he never really gets to keep them. All beam walks completed. Uh, finish all beam walks. 88.2% common trophy. Throughout the game there are beams you can walk across. There might be a hidden one somewhere. I cannot remember. But just walk across them without falling off and you will get that trophy. Horsing around. Awaken all three horses. 58.4% common trophy. Again, I can't quite remember that one. So uh, it could be the uh, horses of fate. I am not too sure. Eye for an eye. Collect all of the gorgon eyes. And for the birds, collect all the phoenix feathers. They are 40 odd percent rare trophies. Uh, the first one, 48%. The second one, 43.4%. Again, the same as in all God of War games, there aren't as many to collect, um, but collect them all and you will upgrade your health and magic. You complete me, completely upgrade all weapons and magic. Uh, Self-explanatory that one, guys. Just go through the game and upgrade everything. That is a 42.8% rare trophy. Hit me, baby. Execute a 200 hit combo. A very rare trophy, that one, guys, at 12%. So, self-explanatory reach a 200 hit combo there are certain places in the game uh, that make it easier than other places uh, mutton for punishment F slit 50 satyr throats 80 point sorry 8.1 percent very rare trophy um, i'm guessing guys with this one you would need to set up an arena much like in uh, god of war 2 for getting the gorgon eyes 
um, rejected parry 50 attacks 47.3% rare trophy quite an easy one to do really just parry attacks and just keep parrying stoner break out of stone statues five times in a row 15.3% rare trophy this one guys this one is if you get uh, turned to stone by Medusa or a Gorgon um, and basically wiggle your stick until you break out of that state do that five times in a row and you will get this trophy but you have to do it quick before uh, something else smashes you old softy uh, don't push away calliope for one minute this you can get this one at the same time as the uh, deadbeat dad trophy so if you let calliope hug you for a minute uh, this trophy will pop it is a very rare 8.8 percent .8 trophy and then just use the button prompts to push her away cool story bro watch the movie atlas and persephone three times uh 21.7% rare trophy i think this one is one of the treasures and uh, just watch it three times guys uh piece of cake beat the challenge of the gods 8.6% very rare trophy much like in god of war 2 uh you can save in between the challenges they are not as hard as uh, god of war 1 uh, i think they're on a par with god of war 2 uh, to be honest heavy hitter executor 1000 hit combo this is a 9.0% very rare trophy um, there will be one particular place in the game I believe that you can get this one guys so uh, just look that one up if you do ever go for this cosplayer play the game with an unlocked costume that is a 14.5% very rare trophy uh, so once you've unlocked a costume start again and uh, you know just play the game and you will get that trophy beat the game it's over already uh 47.6 rare trophy so finish the game and getting your money's worth beat the game on hard mode now uh god of war one and two don't have a trophy for beating the game on hard mode um it's not too difficult it is certainly more doable than god of war one and two with it being a uh a mobile game it's not as long uh, the levels are quite compact. That one, guys, is an 11.5% very rare trophy. Now, uh, do apologise, I have the grandkids over today, guys, so uh, you may hear them. Um, yeah, so this game, well worth playing. It is uh, certainly on a par with God of War 1. It was technically amazingly impressive uh, when it came out on the PSP, and they did a great job with the uh, collection on the ps3 um so yeah that's it for this week guys god of war chains of olympus well worth playing if you're going to play all of the god of war games i would certainly recommend it it is available on the ps3 with trophies and on the psp with no trophies so i would go for the ps3 collection and i do know it is on playstation now so that's it for this week guys as always sidders 1978 on the PSN, Sid at Proving Gamer on the email, at Sidney um, on the Twitter or through the Trophy Horse Facebook group. Um, so, yeah, God of War, Chains of Olympus, well worth it. A really good little game, I have to say. Um, so, enjoy and keep getting those trophies. Bye. All right, and we're back. Thank you. Woo! Bye, Sid. I gotta get that platinum. I don't think I have the Change of Olympus platinum. I actually think I got close.
I think I got close to it. I don't think I ever got it. All right, so we have two topics of the week. Two? Steven. Me. I'm going to let you choose which one we talk about first. <sighs> Let's get the IGN thing over with. <laughs> I figured you were going to do that. Okay. Uh, for anybody that's not aware of it at this point, apparently it has been proven that a, a editor at IGN, or former editor at IGN, completely paid, plagiarized a review of Dead Cells. <gasps> when when I say now, there there's an argument to say that it wasn't blatant. There's an argument to say that it was totally blatant. I'm leaning on the fact that this guy totally plagiarized it. That's my feeling. Uh, what, but, what what little eye kind of snippets that I've picked up on it is like a copy and paste. Pretty damn close. It, it, yeah, it's pretty damn close. Now, the argument to the case of, of, of saying that he didn't plagiarize is there's only so many ways you can say the same phrase. So if two minds are the same of, about the game and they're talking about it, you could basically say the same thing just using different words. I, I personally, I don't feel that's what this happened. I think this guy was under the pressure, he had to get the review done, he went on and figured he can get away with it and posted it and it made it through everything. Uh, I think it's all I think it's important to say I do not blame IGN for this. I don't think the head up the head the the higher heads in this really knew this happened. I think it just slipped through the cracks. So please, no matter what your feelings are, do not attack people at IGN for this. This is I solely falls on the editor. Now with that being said, I'm not going to go into too many details about, you know, word for word and all this other stuff. Steven, you are very aware of what happened. What do you think of the overall scope? I mean, is this a blatant attempt at plagiarism? This was somebody who, and I've been in this situation, and instead of doing what he did, I did quite the opposite. And, I, and I'll tell you my, my situation point blank first. There was a time for Proving Gamer that I was supposed to do a review, and I was having difficulty getting through enough of the game quick enough because of my schedule, and that it had nothing to do with the game's quality or anything like that. It was just my schedule. I was very busy. I wanted to get it done in five days. I needed to get. I really needed to play fifteen hour a fifteen hour game in five days, in, in which I had something to do on three of those days. So. When it comes time, I'm like, all right, let me just get some thoughts on paper. And I get thoughts on paper. And then I start watching, you know, YouTube videos of thoughts on the game, reviews of the game, just so I could kind of get in the right mindset. And you catch yourself thinking, you know, well, I could cobble something together. I could easily just throw something together, put a score on it. I like the game. You know, I feel this way. And but instead of doing that, what I did was I said, I wrote to the PR for that company and I said, I'm sorry, I need a little bit more time. I'm not going to get this at the embargo lift. I'm going to need at least another week so I could do it justice. They are more, they're like, no problem. Granted, I'm not getting paid to do these reviews. I don't, I'm not part of the biggest, you know, media corporation or video game journalism website on the planet. So I could imagine not making that right decision and instead doing what, what uh, Philip Mewson did or is alleged to, to have done, which is he saw somebody else's review that was seen by very little amount of people, and he thought, you know what? 
I, I'm having difficulty getting my words on paper. I'm going to structure my review based on the way this guy did it because I like it. The The other thing about the whole situation is that I listen to uh, Nintendo Voice Chat. I listen to it every week. Um, it's It's entertaining, but it's also research for me because I do a Nintendo podcast. So I like to see you know, the do's and don'ts with what the most popular one is doing with the, you know, and all that stuff, stuff I do like and don't like. When Philip took over his hosting, uh, the hosting duties, I want to say it was about a year ago, maybe a little less. Um, you can tell he had difficulty articulating his thoughts. There were a lot of ums, there were a lot of uhs, there were a lot of double speak, there were a lot of tripping over his words. And I just have a feeling that he is not a good writer. I don't think he's a trained writer. I think what he, the position he was put in, and this is where I do lay blame on IGN, as a, as a former manager and as a current manager of editorial staff for Proving Gamer, um, it's my responsibility to manage people's expectations. And when I used to manage a restaurant, I had to manage, I had to put people in a position to succeed. And that's where I think IGN failed. I think he failed himself by not coming forward and saying, I need help. Um, but I think they also failed him by putting him in a position where he wasn't at his strongest. That's how I feel about it. Um, plagiarism is the lowest thing you could do in journalism. It's the first lesson you, you have. It's the very first chapter of Journalism 101 is about plagiarism. And what counts as plagiarism? What isn't plagiarism? What is borrowing? How to cite work so that you don't get hammered for plagiarism? Anything like that. Um, so I don't excuse his behavior. And after he did his response video, which went live today, I which was bullshit. By the I way, I have even less respect for him <clears throat> because he basically apologized for making his IGN's life harder, his coworkers' life harder. He apologized for making for bringing uh, the negativity to um, the original source of the review, um, but he never once apologized for plagiar- plagiarizing, not once. Not never not once admitted ne- in the video. He ne- yeah, he never took credit for it either. Yeah, he, he said I take full responsibility, but never apologized for it. Yeah, he says I take full responsibility for the for the consequences for what what happened. Like not even like what I did. He wouldn't even use those words. So I don't know. I think he's gone, and there are people that like him. I don't hate him. I, I people make mistakes. Like it's it's it is what it is. Um, it's a shitty thing, and he shouldn't be writing for anybody because he obviously can't write his own he can't be trusted to write his own thoughts um you know if you're an aspiring writer out there it's okay it's okay to get inspiration from other writers we all do it we have to because that's how we learn we learn from each other but you cannot under any circumstance take the words of somebody else and try and pass it as your own especially when you're taking the words from somebody who has 16,000 subscribers and then you're using his words in something that's going to be seen by tens of millions of people. That's not fair. Um, so that's kind of my soapbox little rant about that. And that's why I wanted to get it over with first. Because really, it's a non-PlayStation issue. It is just an overall uh, you know, journalism, ethics, and all that stuff. So. Well, well, I... I <clears throat> yeah, you're right. That it's, not, it's a non-PlayStation issue. But I felt like we needed to talk about it being that we are the flagship podcast on Proven Gamer and one of the things we do at Proven Gamer is reviews and previews and stuff like that and you know it's 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 vital um I mean as the owner of the site 
Um, one of the reasons why I chose to put Steven as my editor-in-chief is because I trust him and I know that he holds integrity, which is vital to any website, whether it's IGN or Proving Gamer or you know some other website. Integrity is number one. And if you can't trust what we say and what we do, then we're dead in the water. And I think it's vital to point out, you know, when things like this happen, you have to call them out because you cannot let things like this slide. And one of the things that pissed me off in his React video was he actually attacked Kotaku and Jason Schreier because Jason Schreier went in to look at his past YouTube videos to see if uh, anything else he plagiarized. And Jason Schreier came back and said that one of the other videos is suspect as well. Uh, it was a 2K review. I don't remember what FIFA, I think it was. Yeah, it was a FIFA. Uh, it was the EA FIFA thing. But, and, and on top of that, like, Jason Schreier is the most respected journalist in. Absolutely. The, on the internet. <laughs> like, as far as video games is, is concerned. Like, the dude does his homework and is so articulate and so thorough. And, like, to call him out, it's like, that's uh, the wrong tree, dude. That's the wrong tree to be barking up, man. Now, Yield, I know you're not a writer on the site, I, I, but I know that, you know, you're, you take what happens at Proving Gamer pretty seriously as well. Uh, how do you feel about, you know, something like this happening in the journalism world? Well, it, it's like Steven said, it's, you know, pe- people do take ideas from other people. You might take snippets of what you heard or read from somebody else and maybe kind of try to plug it into what what you do because that sounded kind of cool but a lot of times you might get permission from people to do that but yeah to kind of copy and paste someone's article is that that that's low and even i who don't don't write know that that's like a big no-no in in any kind of journalism really anything you don't take someone else's work copy paste and go look what i did so, and, yeah. and, and like Steven said, you know, uh, you know, he has a hard time, uh, putting his thoughts on paper. That's why I don't write. That's why I'm a podcaster because I, I've, I've said, you, Tricky, you've heard me say this all the time we podcast. I fully believe that someone who does a review should play the game, not play five hours of it, not play half the game, and give a full review of the game. You haven't given the game justice. That's my personal opinion, but and then and that's why I don't do it, because I don't want, I feel, and like I say, and this is just me, I don't want to burn through, let's say you got a 30-hour game, and you've got a small window to do your review. I feel like that if I was to burn through that game just to get my review... I'm not doing the game or the reader justice. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 not to throw IGN under the bus, but I actually remember a story about IGN. Uh, one of the reviewers played the game on easy. And one of the quirks about the game was that if you played the game on easy, the final four levels didn't unlock. There was actually a message that said, uh, if you want to know the true ending, uh, up the difficulty, and the reviewer did the review after playing the game on easy to get through it, so he could do the review, and a lot of people lambasted him for it because it was like you didn't play the game, 
You didn't give us a full review because you have no idea what the last four levels were. You gave us a 90% review. Right. So, I mean, I, 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 get what, I get what you're saying as well, but see, a company like IGN gets a review sometimes a week, two weeks before the release date. Sites like us, we get it on release date. Yeah. And we got it. And to, to be honest, like, God of War was... It's up there as one of my most favorite games of all time. It's actually trying almost rivaling The Last of Us right now. If I had to write a review for God of War, I would have hated it because of how much I've enjoyed that game. And knowing that I would have had to burn through that game to write the review, I would have hated it. And that's one of the reasons why I don't review. And the other one is I'm not exactly a writer, and Stephen can attest a few articles I have written. Steven had to do a butcher job on it to make it sound good. <laughs> it happens. Uh, but, yeah, I it's just, if, if you have any kind of future or any desire to write in games, don't plagiarize anybody. And if you if you need help, like Steven said, ask for help. There, there's so many people at IGN that could have helped him and avoided this whole situation. You know, there was one, uh, you know, instance where, like, it, it, you ha- you work next to, literally, on this in the same room as a guy like Brian Altano, who probably has played. He said he said today on on a show, I think it was, I think it was the comedy button. I I don't know what I was listening to, but he said, "Oh, I, I have over three hundred games on my on my Switch." He's got 300 games. He plays everything. You're telling me you couldn't just say, hey, man, I'm having a hard time, you know, getting through this. I don't know if I'm going to hit the deadline. Can you help me write this thing? Yeah, sure. You don't think you think you would say no? No way. No way. Not, not a shot in hell. I don't know. I, I just, I, you know, sometimes we do get the games in advance, but even if I get a game five days in advance, if it's a open world you know, RPG or, or the one I, I, I'm still working on and I could write a review, but at the same time, I'm like, it's not enough. Like I have not, I know there's so much more in this game that it wouldn't be fair. And that's uh, yonder, the cloud catcher chronicles. And I've been putting this review off o- almost over a month now. Cause I just haven't had the time to really get into it, but I owe them a review and I'm going to write the review. Um, but luckily, with smaller sites like us, they don't really hold us to that same standard. They understand that this is a hobby for us. Um, but you know, when you're hired by IGN because of your YouTube channel and your and the way you presented yourself to them, you owe them a very, very specific um, duty. Like you, you have a duty to them and their readers and their tens of millions of readers. So, lesson learned: he'll never work in the industry again. I could, I. I'm 100% confident in that. If he ever works in the industry again, it's going to be probably for IGN and it'll be like a redemption story type thing, but I don't see that ever happening personally. No. No. Uh one thing I don't see happening is me buying this uh Resident Evil Remake 2 collector's edition. Oh, now come on. You buy you know every it. collector's edition. Not this one. Oh, All whatever. Right. You said that about another one and you paid for it. Alright, so the the topic for this one is how much is too much for a collector's edition? Well, let's see and that's, here. I'm already... And that's, <laughs> and that's stemming from on the Japanese website for Capcom. 
There is a collector's edition for Resident Evil Remake 2. Yeah. That cost $900. Check, please. And it comes with it's the your, game. Your own zombie. A Bluetooth keyboard. And four ink ribbon mask tape, masking tapes. And you can get that for... And, and it also comes with... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm working on Google Translate right now, so I'm looking at pictures. Well, the uh, the, the Bluetooth keyboard <laughs> is actually a type, the, like a like the Resident Evil typewriter. typewriter. Yeah, it's a typewriter right. keyboard. It's it's a legit typewriter. Um, but it also works with your computer or your, I guess your cell phones with the Bluetooth. And it looks like there's a map in there too. But does the game come with it? Yes, the game comes oh, with it okay. as well. Hey, you never now, know. Sometimes they might be like not including the game. Uh, well, going back to the article, it says the Resident Evil 2 Premium Edition is available on Capcom's Japanese website. It also includes a statue of Leon Kennedy, Leon Kennedy, four ink rims that are really just decorated rolls of mask and tape, a raccoon police station poster, official art book, a soundtrack CD, a DC voucher, and a copy of the game, and a chest to hold it all. Now, the chest is cool. They, now, the article does say the keyboard itself is available on its own and costs about $680 American. Jesus Christ. So, if you discount that from the $900, that's $220 for everything else. Is everything else worth $220? That, that's, this is where you That's where the topic comes into play. They'll say, <laughs> th- th- well, this is how I do my... Uh, you know, I, I do my collector's editions. I mean, it, sometimes they got, you know, like a cool statue or something like that. And you're like, ooh, cool. But so you figure if it comes with the game, your base game is this much. How much is everything else worth? How much is the statue worth? That's kind of what I do. In, in essence, to try to see in, in my head, is it warranted? You know I mean, I mean, I remember getting the Uncharted three collector's edition and that was a that was a decent collector's edition and you got that for a hundred bucks you know All you right. got you uh, got the statue the necklace the belt buckle a couple of other things for a hundred bucks i thought that was an awesome deal now your collector's editions are a hundred and hundred and sixty you know you, yeah. you're you're paying for two games and a little bit more, and you're not really, to my expectation, you're not getting anything more than what we got when we got the Uncharted Three for a hundred bucks. All right, and a so, lot, and a lot of it is digital stuff. To which me, I'm like, I don't care if it's downloaded stuff. I want physical stuff. All right, going back to the article, uh, we got this from IGN. It says the le- <coughs> excuse me. The Lexington Vintage Typewriter is Bluetooth-enabled, comes with a charging cable, reportedly has an active battery life up to seven days, and is compatible with Windows computers and Mac OS, as well as iOS and Android devices. The keyboard apparently cannot be used with the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One versions of the game. Now... Fucking pointless. (laughs) With all that being said, let's go back to the original question. How much is too much... For a collector's editions, because obviously they make these to be sold, but if they make them too much, 
they're not going to sell. Okay, well, to answer your tr- question truthfully, I kind of have a counter question. Oh boy! So, so in this in, in this collector's edition that you are asking, how much is too much? What are we getting? Well, all right, let 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 me give you a base collector's edition. Okay. Let's say you get the game, right. a statue, okay. a steel book, okay. the season pass, okay. and, 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 and a map. And, some knick- and a map. And some knickknacks. Yeah. Okay. How how much is too much? Like okay. should they so should they go the Resident Evil route and so, give you the nine hundred dollar one? Should they do the Assassin's Creed route, give you the eight hundred dollar one? At what point should they stop and say, okay, this is enough for a collector's edition, and we're going to sell this for X amount of dollars. Well, what what you just described is kind of your typical uh, collector's edition, which is normally running in the range of 160 bucks. I think that's what they're yeah. going for right I, now. And, and I think and, that's fair. And like I said earlier, I I feel to me that 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 that's too much money because I can buy two new new games coming out that I want. For the extra amount of money. For the pay. extra amount of money that I'm dropping on this one game. and, for, and even, more, even more than that. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying that I couldn't be swayed to that. But the statue has to be, like, freaking amazing. To where I feel, it has to be like Thunderjaw. For me to go like, that's worth the extra money for me to drop on that. Otherwise, I tend to go, well, that's cool. This is a bunch of downloaded stuff that I don't get to sit on my mantle or sit around my entertainment center and go, hey, look what look what I got. You know, so I'll tend to either get a lesser collector's edition or I'll just get the game and and be like, darn, I wish they would have packed more with it. I'd have, I'd have so bought it. All right, Steven, what about you? Uh, double the price of the game is the max that I would pay for a special edition. Um, you know, it's usually a season pass is like 20 bucks. Yeah, 20, 25 bucks. You know, uh, a tchotchke shouldn't really be more than 30 or 40 bucks. I uh, love that you use, use the word tchotchke. That's it, son. That's what I do. That's how I roll. Uh, <laughs> I just love the fact that you use that word. <laughs> like a, a poster is probably like three or four bucks. Like, you know, it, yeah, for me, you know, I, I, I just, I don't, it's just stuff to me. So personally, I wouldn't want to spend that much, but I could, I could make a, make an argument and I would be like, okay, whatever. So for me, 120 bucks is a good sweet spot for us, you know, collector's edition or whatever. But, you know, uh, they, the problem is collector's editions are, so they vary in their content so much and there's no rhyme or reason to half of these collections most of the time like there was a time where you would buy like you could spend 400 500 dollars and get a ps4 boatload of stuff bundle you could get a bundle with that comes with a game for that why would i spend that much money to get you know, a, a a a hoodie and a map and a coin and a statue and a steel book. Like that's so bizarre to me. Um, I understand that there are collectors out there, and that's fine. But 
I'm sorry, there are not, there's not that many people that, that collect stuff like that intricately. They wind up just buying the shit and it winds up going in a box and they wind up moving it from house to house. It goes in their parents' attic and then it gets lost in a, in a flood. That's, that's where this shit happens. So you, I, I, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but the, like, so something like the Darksiders 3 Apocalypse Edition, let's just say you're a big Darksiders fan. The $400 price point where you get the game, the steel book, four statues, a wall scroll, uh, all that stuff, that, that doesn't even like tempt you at all. It it um, still seems high to me. I mean, the four statues yeah. look really cool. Even somebody who doesn't play like me, somebody who doesn't play Darksiders, those four statues look sweet. But you know, you said a wall scroll and a couple other things. So your game is sixty. Your wall scroll, you're looking what twenty to thirty five dollars, maybe forty dollars, depending on what okay. it's, depending on what it's made out of. And let's, then, let's just argument. Let's argument. Say let's let's just say it's forty. So that's a hundred dollars. So right that's a hundred dollars. So your statues are not quite a hundred dollars a piece. Seventy five dollars a piece. Are those statues worth seventy five dollars a piece? Not not because they look cool. Because like I said, they look sweet. I would love to have them. But are they seventy five dollars a piece? And and that's how I break it down. Is if because a lot of those statues aren't made. At $75 a piece. They look pretty, but they'll break easily. And so that, that's how I, I break it down. I have to be able I have to be able to mentally justify it. Because I can easily go, oh, cool, pretty, click, buy. Oh, I broke it. Well, that was $400 wasted. You, you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, like, I, to, as crazy as I am, I'm still on the fence about whether to buy this. Like, and it's and it's sad because, as you guys pointed out on the show, we talked about this four hundred dollars. That's the price of a PS4. Yeah, and and I've heard I've heard this from a guy that that I that I used to podcast with. He he loved gaming statues, but he was safely huh? No, it was Changun Pope. Okay, he would never buy a collector's edition because he always said months down the road you can find them on eBay. For a fraction of the plot price, just the statue. The only collector. Well, that, the, that, the only collectors. That, that is true to a point. The only collector's edition that I, and I haven't talked to him in a while that I knew he bought was the Uncharted Three collector's edition, and he just bought that for the Drake statue. He ended up giving most of the other stuff. He mailed it to my buddy and for his son to have. Well, I, I have gone back on eBay to buy the statues. Sometimes these people on eBay are out of their freaking minds where they're selling the statues for $120. Or, or they'll sell you the collector's edition minus the game for $120. Meanwhile, you could have bought the originally for, you know, everything for $120. Yeah. They're out of their minds. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and you just you, you have to know where to look and, and know what your prices are. But it, it can be done if all you just want is the statue. Yeah, I, listen, I... And, 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 and some people love steel books. That's why now you're just getting a steel book collector's edition because they just want the steel book. And, and that, that, that's all fine. But like I said, for me, it's got to be... It's got to be a, a price point justification. And I got to have physical stuff. That's why I was... Re- and, and I know in my mind... That this Uncharted collector's box 
is is kind of high because you're buying just the box. Right. But you're getting all physical stuff. And that's what I like is I got I got physical stuff. You you know you're not you're not giving me a a, a multiplier boost. You're not giving me skins to wear. I I, I actually get stuff. I see I Okay, with with that being said, we're going to close this out because uh, we're getting a little long-winded on this. I'm My thoughts on collector's editions is I, I do like the statues. I do like buying them. I, you know, I like where they, uh, you know, I like displaying them. I got more statues I can than I can display right now, um, but they're still around. Um, I'd probably buy more if they were digital-only ones. But I can't. So, well, that that makes I, every, that makes sense because some of the ones you might buy, you may not have that buddy or someone you know to be like, "Hey, you want to buy the game off of me?" Because I got well, the collector's like I, edition. Well, it's like I bought the uh, Spider-Man collector's edition. Now I have to find out who wants to buy the Spider-Man digital or physical off me. So once I get find that person that says, "Hey, you're gonna buy this physical one." I can go pre-order the digital one. I'm still on the fence about that game. I don't know why. That game looks phenomenal. I know, but every Spider-Man game that I've ever dabbled in or a friend has played has not lived up to expectation. I'm like, I'm like, yep. I'm like, it looks phenomenal. It's Sucker Punch. I love Sucker Punch, but it's Spider-Man. I don't know. It, it, it's an internal struggle. And I'm then, then I'm also, so I'm struggling that. Then I'm also struggling... Do I want the collector's edition? Because it's got a statue. The statue looks kind of well, cool. Yeah, but see, we we only saw half the statue. I know, and they're not revealing the rest of it because it's a spoiler. Right, which which that that kind of scares me as well because now when I get it... And you open it up, it spoils the game. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so it's like, because you got to, like, for the average person who's not going to play it digitally... They're going to open it up and they're going to immediately see the statue. Hopefully they hide the statue in another box, which they tend to do that sometimes in collector's editions. Um, but with that being said, uh, let's close out the show with some housekeeping. Oh, let's clean this shit up. Well, I was kind of hoping you would do that so you do the housekeeping. <laughs> you do it so well. Yeah, let's but I'm just getting over being sick. You, you take up. this. All right. ProvingGamer.com is looking for surprise podcasters, viewers, news reports, and generalized help with the site. If you're just applying, go to ProvingGamer.com, click on the Help Want tab, and fill out the application, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. While you're there, be sure to check out all of our articles and all of our videos. Speaking of our videos, they, they can be found on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proving Gamer. Uh, oh, you can also watch me and Marcus streaming at twitch.tv backslash ProvingGamer. Uh, little bad news, I wasn't able to upload my latest Rock Band streams, because apparently... Uh, we would have gotten hit with a bunch of copyright strikes, and Twitch kind of muted the video. So if, unless you catch me live singing on Rock Band, you're not going to see those videos. Dang. Boo. Which I think I I think I vented on this last week, did I? I I, 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 I believe so. I believe I heard something on the lines of of the game. Has paid if the music's if the music's in the game and, and and they have paid their copyright fees 
and you I are shouldn't be, you I, are streaming a game who's paid their copyright fees, but yet they are blocking you for copyright infringement. Right. Yeah, it's it, bullshit. Yeah, it, it's. I'm sure there's something in the legal wording. I'd like to be interested. You know what? We need Troy to explain that to us because he brings the business. <laughs> uh, if you're looking to get a hold of us, there are several ways to get a hold of us. The first one is our phone number. Yield, what's the phone number? 330 Proven 9. That would be 330-776-8369. And you mentioned Troy, and Troy's favorite segment on the show is the email. That's trophyhorse at provinggamer.com. That's trophyhorse at provinggamer.com. Once again, that's trophyhorse at provinggamer.com. Almost messed it you up. You did almost mess that up. Yeah, well, because in mid sentence, I was thinking to the time you said trophy was at gmail dot com, and I wanted to smack the crap out of you. <laughs> you about tripped yourself up. Awesome. <laughs> because I, I, I was going to rag on you, and I said, you know, I'm not. I'm going to let it go. Uh, contact us on Twitter. Contact the site at Proven Gamer. Talk, contact the show at Trophy Wars. Contact me at Tricky Mick. Contact Yield at I Yield to No One. Contact Alex at Saltosaurus Rex, and contact Stephen at Batchild Twenty Seven. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. But be sure to listen to our other podcasts, PG Spoilers, Nintendo Blue Screens, and Game Stuff, who just celebrated their 50th episode, so go listen to that. Congratulations. And w- would you mind if I just p- pimp our show that is now, as the Trophy Hordum is listening to this episode, our most recent episode, which is released on Monday morning, uh, we had special guest uh, voice actress Sissy Jones. Uh, she is a prolific voice actress. Look her up on 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 wikipedia and all that stuff Just very impressive playing fury in darksiders 3 and she was absolutely hilarious and a ton of fun so please uh listen to and subscribe to nintendo dual screens wherever you can find podcasts thank you did you tell her i was a fan of the game series uh yeah maybe no, that's a that's a no <laughs> maybe I, I don't remember but we we said we were all fans so uh-huh do you have the Darksiders 1 and 2 Platinums? I I have never played a Darksiders game. I'm working on it. What is wrong with you? Well, I haven't either. Here's the issue. I hear it's oh, the, here we, oh, here we go. I hear it's I, the best Zelda game on PlayStation. It is a combination of Zelda and God of War. My issue is, is disposable income, that's all. I just can't afford to buy a lot of these games. That's all. I used to. You can get the first two for twenty dollars. Sure. Actually, I think I, I think I did, weren't they on plus? I, I think you Side, got one. Dark, for, Darksiders I, two was because I have that in my library. I know I got some one of them in my library. Yes, two was on plus. I I have but, to. But you got to play one first because I've, two kind of goes along the same. I kind of figured that because I've watched some of the trailers and since it's about. War is about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I was like, you know what? You probably probably got to play the first one because it rolls right into the second one, which will roll into well, the third one. Actually, it doesn't roll into the second one. It actually takes place at the exact same time as the first one. So as you're going through the game at, at, as war in the first one, two, you're playing as death as at the exact same time, and you both lead into the same point. Which I'm kind of hoping 3 doesn't do that because I thought that was a re- really shitty cop-out move. Oh, really? I think it would be kind of, kind of a, 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 depending on how they weave the story together, a pretty unique perspective. Well, when you, when you get to the end of both games, you realize how much of a bullshit 
cop out it was. Ah, okay. So and it, I'm not gonna so, say any more, so, any well, more no, than that because no, I don't want to it. So basically, what you're saying is it's got all this build up and then it fails on the the the. Uh... Oh, crap! Thank you. All right. All right well, the the first one. Uh, this is this is not a spoiler for the first game. The first game is you're playing as war and you are framed for starting the apocalypse. Yeah, that, 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 that's well known. And you have to go through and redeem yourself. The second game is Death finds out that war started the apocalypse, but he's his brother, so he's like, what the hell's going on? And he starts going down his path, but he has his own, you know, no pun intended, demons to deal with. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then Fury, oh. at some point, at least in the very, very, very first reveal trailer, uh, kind of scoffs at her brother as she's like walks over him while he's chained to the wall or some shit like that. Right. So yeah. it, this this had to have had like I'm hoping that the third one doesn't take place at the exact same time because the original plan for Darksiders back when they were with uh oh who made them video games THQ I was like, I thought it was no, THQ. THQ. Oh, yeah, THQ published yeah, yeah. them. That's what it was. It was um, the original plan was that they were actually going to release uh, four games, each one of the Apocalypse, uh, the Four Horsemen telling the story of the Apocalypse, and then there was going to be a fifth game, which is going to be a four-player co-op game. As he, as each of the Horsemen. Right, right. So, How the hell uh, are they going to make one game with Famine? That's weird. Well, that's probably one of the reasons why THQ went out of business. Strife, right? Is that the other word for strife. famine? Yes, strife. Um, now I forgot where I was in the housekeeping. We are oh, at PlayStation all... Four communities. No, no, no. You can listen to all the podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your various podcast podcast applications on your smart devices, Google Play, TuneIn, and you can listen to Trophy Horse and Nintendo Dual Screens. Where, Stephen? On iHeartRadio and Spotify. Now, have you listened to either one of our shows on one of those services yet? On both services. And how how do they sound? Because I have not actually tried no, they, yet. No, they sound good. Yeah, they sound fine. They're but, not throwing too many ads out there, are they? No. Okay, good. No. That was one of my worries. If they do, uh, are they at least video game related? Well, that I would know that because I, I have... Okay. I tend to listen to like the first five minutes of each podcast on each service just to make sure that they came out properly on their service because I've had issues where some some podcasts released on all the services except for Stitcher and then uh, I think it was episode 52 dual screens for some reason it the description never posted even to this day and I can't tell you why Stephen pointed that out yeah, to it's me. weird I, it's, uh, iTunes. Man, uh, all right. <laughs> PlayStation Four communities. <laughs> uh, PlayStation Four communities. There's one for the site, Proving Gamer. There's one for the uh, podcast called T Dub's Brothel. Why yield? Cause Shuhei won't let us say whores. Don't know why. Just five letter uh, word. We're not being mean with it. We're actually insulting also... ourselves. <laughs> and you can get involved in Yield's group called the Platinum Guild, which, uh, Yield, I have four Platinums to post in there. You better post it, because when I do the shout-outs, if you don't post it, you don't get it. And you can't be like, why didn't you give me no shout-out? Well, my, 
in my defense, as soon as I get the platinum, I run to Facebook to brag to Daryl and Jared, tell them how much losers they are because they're behind me again. Still, you don't post it, and I and I and I will. I, I like them in the the Facebook troop or the, the troop, the Facebook troop. group. Yeah, troop. When uh when people post, hey, look, I got this platinum. I'm I I, I thumbs up it. Good job. I, I I support them. But if you don't post it in my group, you ain't gonna get shot out. All right. That with that being said, that's the end of the housekeeping. But we do have some sponsors. Our first sponsor is Extra Life. Yield, tell us about Extra Life. So Extra Life is a wonderful video game charity. It takes place on November 3rd. It's a 24-hour, well, technically a 25-hour, at least here in the States, video game charity. So, what you do, well, I forgot to tell you who it benefits. It benefits the uh, Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. So what you do, you go to extra-life.org. You pick a Children's Miracle Network hospital of your choosing. It could be your local one. It could be one maybe a family member used. It could just be you just spin the wheel and decide that one. Either way, you pick one and you get friends, family members. Stand on the street corner. You get people to sponsor you. Dollar an hour, 50 bucks up front, doesn't matter. Any donation will work. And you play video games for 25 hours. You can play solo. You can join a team. Proven Gamer has a team. We would love to have you on our team. Either way, would. either way, as long as you're playing video games and you've got some donations, it's a win-win it's a situation because when you're 100% of the money that you get donated to you goes to the Children's Miracle Network Hospital of your choosing, and it helps sick kids get better. It's a win-win. You play video games, kids get better. All right, and our other sponsor is Amazon. Steven, tell us about Amazon. Amazon, uh, Proven Gamer is an Amazon affiliate here. So on our website, we have Amazon affiliate advertising that if you click it and do your shopping like normal, uh, Proven Gamer gets a little kickback. It helps keep the lights on. So please, if you remember to do so while you're uh, reading our latest reviews and news, uh, click on an Amazon ad and do your shopping. You can get anything. You could literally buy anything. So I'm sure you need something. Look in your drawer. Do you need anything? AA batteries? You need AA batteries, right? Everyone needs AA can batteries. Can I buy the planet Pluto and turn it back to a planet? I can't. Awesome. You absolutely can. There, I'm sure there are plenty of ways that you could buy the planet Pluto. Um, and I like your pronunciation. A lot of people say Pluto, and that's like, no, that's a dog. It's Pluto. Well, I, I, I have to say you cannot buy the planet Pluto because it's no longer a planet. I, know, he, I knew he was going there. It's a moon. No, it's a planet, darn it. No, no, no. It's not a moon. It's a dwarf. No, it's a planet. Do you call, do you call dwarves non-people because you're a dwarf? No. They're still people. They're just little people. So he's just a little planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, for the record, I'm not because I I the grew, fact that it's not I a planet. grew up to me. It's always going to be a planet. Yeah, I'm just because I'm just, sure I'm sure. Well, I don't know about you. I grew up with my very eccentric mother. Just served us nine pizzas. You just got rid of the pizzas. I. That was pies, but okay. Either way, you got rid of the pies. You can't get rid of the pizza or the pies. Well, maybe now that we have a Space Force, we can find out if it's really a planet. Legitimately depressing. Um, yes, and also, if you Wow, are, there was nothing with that. If you are a... <laughs> 
If you're an Amazon Prime member, that means that you have a free Twitch Prime subscription, which you can give to our lovely streamers, Tricky Mick and uh, Darkest Embers, over at twitch.tv slash provengamer. It costs you nothing, and it uh, helps line there, get their, you know, put a little, little greenbacks in their wallet so they can get some new cool games to, to stream and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that's it. That's what I did. I did it. All right. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, we also... We, we've also launched a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com backslash Proven Gamer, uh, no matter what tier you decide to support us at, we greatly appreciate it. But know that it helps keep the lights on and it does help pay the staff. Um, so, yeah, go check that out. There's perks. There's rewards. Uh, I guess it's somebody a postcard. Indeed. I don't know who it is. Indeed. I know I guess that's why you postcard. But with that being said, let's go out the show with some shout outs. What the hell is that sound? Oh that sorry. I'm trying to get my computer to charge. You're killing me. Yield your shout outs. So um why am I drawing a blank all of a sudden? I would like to give a shout out to Mean Mustard Thirty. He was the one that texted me after work and said, Hey, Local GameStop's got SNES and NES classics, and I'm like, sold! So so if I text you and say, hey, play some Rock Band, are you going to do that too? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, I would also like to give a twerp you to the, oh. to the same GameStop, and that's GameStop oh. in general, not that specific store, GameStop in general. Because, as, as Tricky knows, and maybe the Hordem knows, I am very much anticipating a game called Wreckfest. They have rele- they have announced a release date of November 12th, I believe it is, this year. GameStop does not have it available for a pre-order. So, not that I'm, like, overly irked about it. I'm just like, I can go to Amazon and pre-order it. I can go to Target and pre-order it. But not you guys. So, what's well, GameStop's going out of business? So, um, I would like to give a uh, a shout out to Farmer Brown for giving me the tip to keep my muffler from bouncing off my drive shaft. Because that's really random. Well, it, it well it was totally random, but my muffler was bouncing off my drive shaft. It was kind of annoying. Um, a shout out to you. The pimps and the madams of the Hordom for listening to not only this show, but everything that Proven Gamer puts out and reading and downloading and getting your friends to listen. A uh, shout out to my co-host tonight, Stephen and Tricky. Shout out to Alex, who's doing Alex stuff. A uh, shout out to my wife, who got the house all tidied up for our guest tomorrow, so... When I got done running my errands tonight, I didn't have as much to do when I got home, so. Yay. And right, your sh- I think that's oh. it. Steven, your shout-outs. Uh, Shout-out to you guys. Thank you so much for uh, moving the day so that I could be a part of this thing. Appreciate it. Um, uh, Shout-out to uh, Modern Medicine for getting me through my ailment that I had last week, which took took me out for almost seven straight days that were really sucked. Um, uh, shout out to my wife as always for being awesome when I record. Uh, shout out to air conditioning, which has been blowing on the back of my neck all episode, and it is so wonderful. Um, and uh, that's it. That's what I got. 
And I want to give a shout out to all the listeners. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, without you guys, this show absolutely would not exist. Uh, you guys are the driving force to keep us going. Shout out to Donnie for being here last week, uh, even though he's a punk and didn't want to stay up late to record tonight. Uh, you know I love you, Donnie, but you're you're a punk. Uh, shout out to Steven, who uh, has been dodging my lunch dates all for the last two weeks. He was sick. Yeah, it's kind of sucks. I'm hearing excuses. That's all I'm hearing. Shout out to Yield, who makes my life hell when I edit podcasts because he wants to check his emails. I love you, man. <sighs> but I wasn't talking. <laughs> oh, my listeners, if you guys could ever know the hell that me and Steven and sometimes Alex go through editing Yield's audio every week. Ah, uh, shout out to the goddess, shout out to Sweet Mama D, and uh, if there's nothing else, until next week, have to kill you. Later. Be excellent to each other. Five seconds of silence. Save your last words. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. <laughs>